Hello. On this podcast, we talk about movies, their faults, their flaws, and their plots. So, expect some spoilers. You've been warned. Welcome to Plot Spackle. I'm John, and I used all my garlic and Italian cooking, and that's why I'm not the last man on Earth. I'm Eric, and I just did not hoard enough toilet paper. That's why I'm not the last man on Earth. I'm Richard, and it turns out that vampires really hate people who snore at night, and they tracked me down and killed me. That's why I'm not the last man on Earth. Because the movie we're going to be talking about today is The Last Man on Earth. And uh, we're going to be filling his plot holes. And what are we filling his plot holes with this time? Sometimes actual people, sometimes mannequins. Lazy drunks on the road? Uh, how about these uh, wooden cones we've been making? They're almost like steaks, but they're just too conical. When the only thing you have is a lathe, that's what you make do with. I think he was just trying to actually make table lakes. He's just not very good at it. And that Blasted. I made a steak, or I made a cone again. These steaks sure are hard. <laughs> All right. But yeah, Last Man on Earth. So what's uh, what's this movie about, Eric? You're our plot so, guy. What's the plot? The plot of The Last Man on Earth is, there is a, a scientist named Dr. Robert Neville, who happens to be immune to a crazy virus that has come out. Uh, this actor is played by Will Smith, and... He is living in New York. Oh, with wait, his whoa, trusty whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, this is the wrong movie. You have to, that, we got to do a different one, all right? Can, can we get a different one? What's the, what's the plot of the actual plot? Let's hear the actual plot. The actual, no, there's this no is Will Smith. Legend. No, no, that, well, that, this, we're talking about The Last Man on Earth. It's, it's from like 1964. You have to go earlier in time. No Will Smith. Okay, so it's not Will Smith. No. All right. So the last man on Earth is actually played by Charleston Heston, as he is the Omega Man. And he is a doctor. Mm. Wait, what? Still still not the right movie. Still not the right movie. You gotta go even earlier. Okay. Well, I guess this is the earliest one. Um, the last man on Earth is played by Vincent Price, who has like a 24-year-old daughter. Right, sorry, wife. And when he was like 50-something, I don't know. It was a different but, time. Yeah, a different time. And it was Italy. What, anyways, sorry to our Italian listeners, I think. Um, but so Vincent Price is playing a doctor who is the only person who is immune to a horrible new virus that has plagued the country, nay, the world. Everyone except for him has died. And he is spending most of his time figuring out a cure and killing vampires or things like vampires. They're kind of like zombies too. They don't go super into... Oh, no, they do talk about vampires. Never mind. Yeah, they, they call them vampires. But, I mean, they act like what we expect to be zombies. But this movie did come out, like, four years before Night of the Living Dead. So zombies so, hadn't been codified yet. But anyways, he is spending his time killing those... I, I wanted to say deadites, but that's a different um, series. Um, those va We'll just call them vampires. Yeah. He's spending his time killing those vampires, and he is doing... A bang up job of it. He is like a professional. Ultimately, those vampires send a femme fatale to convince him 
through murder to stop. Unfortunately, though, he is able to convert her to his side, but that doesn't stop the vampire death cult from coming in and killing him. So ultimately, the last man on Earth was the last man on Earth. Vincent Price, the last man on Earth. So what are our movies? Not Will Smith. What's our movie facts, Richard? So, The Last Man on Earth was released on the 6th of May in 1964. It had a $300,000 budget. We haven't hit millions yet. Yeah. Uh, And unfortunately, back then, we didn't really keep track of box office successy nonsense, especially on uh, foreign films. It was filmed in Italy. Vincent Price is the only person who actually uh, said his own English lines in this entire film. Everyone else spoke Italian and was dubbed over later. Mm -hmm. And for an interesting connection uh, was the original script was written in 1957 and was set to be directed by Fritz Lang of Metropolis. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, that would have been interesting. But things didn't quite work out. And so instead, we have this one. One of the ones that's the most faithful to the story it's based off of, but also one of the movie adaptations that Richard Matheson was less pleased with. And so he changed his name in the credits. He, he thinks that uh, Vincent Price was miscast. Yeah. He was not a well, fan. He was a 54-something-year-old man who had like a 25-year-old wife. It, it was kind of creepy. She was 28. Oh, that makes it better. Yeah, those three those three years really add to it. Any other interesting facts before we uh, take care of the uh, plot holes of this movie? Do we say the name of the novel? Uh, the, the, the novel is I Am Legend. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. By Richard Matheson. Pick it up at your local library. Oh, wait, you can't do that. We are currently in the middle of a quarantine. The libraries are closed. You can get it in audiobook form or in an ebook. As the the form version that I own is ebook. I don't have a physical right. copy right now. I should probably work on that. But once you're not locked in your houses and can tour Italy again, if you want to go and see some of the places in this film, there's the tall UFO shaped building in the background. Is the uh, restaurant Il Fungo in Rome that was built in 1957 and uh, was recently restored back in 2013. But I think it's now time to take care of those plot holes. That's what people are here for, I think. Where are we getting our plot holes from this time? I believe we're getting them all from uh, IMDb. And so, the first plot hole, when Morgan returns home at night and is fighting the vampires, he opens his unlocked front door and enters. The marauding vampires should have been able to enter the home before his arrival with the door unlocked. All right. So, I'm going to tell you a story. It's a long long time ago in high school we were supposed to go to the computer lab and this was the class that i was in with richard and richard walked up and grabbed the handle and then stopped and we started to wait and all the other students showed up and we waited and uh it was getting pretty uh close to class start then richard just opens the door and walks in because sometimes the door was locked and uh everyone assumed because we were standing there that it was locked but it wasn't locked We just hadn't decided to go inside yet. And so, that's my thought. I mean, did these vampires actually stop to think, hey, he left his door unlocked? No, they're used to it being locked and it being barricaded. And so they were getting their two-by-fours and their tree branches and probably loose masonry. 
They were just going to beat on it without actually checking the handle because they're silly vampires. It's not like they're smart either. They're just kind of, they're, they're like zombies. They're just shambling around. Yeah. They're, they're smarter than a zombie, but still not as coordinated or intelligent as the average person. So I think they just didn't check it. Yeah, I'd agree. Plus it probably still had garlic in a uh, mirror on the front. It had a mirror on it. Which meant they still would try to avoid it. I think he replaces it at the very beginning in the movie, like, you know, in his internal monologue. Yeah, he he goes mirror shopping. So, so yeah, he probably gets the mirror, replaces it, and then goes out and does his merry little thing, falling asleep in a church or something. Well, he didn't stay in the church overnight. I don't know. I mean, it seemed pretty secure. Got big, big uh, iron gates, and they didn't even actually know he was in there. I, I would just assume it's an unknown place, and if you've been surviving for the three years... You don't take unknown risks, or you you keep the unknowns to a, a minimum. Yeah. All right. So our next one is, is vampires, which they seem to be killed by stakes, repelled by garlic, only coming out after dark, are not afraid of mirrors. They just don't reflect in them. Vincent Price's character uses a mirror to repel the marauders outside his house, and we see one clearly reflected, and if indeed mirrors did repel these marauders, then the one on the front door would have had an effect, which it clearly doesn't, and neither does the garlic. So I'm kind of confused. When in the movie does it say that they aren't reflected in the mirror? I thought they it said that they don't like what they see. Yeah, they can't stand the reflection. That is what the movie gives us. But the person in the plot hole is citing popular culture on vampires. Which, I mean, if they were really keeping up on popular culture and vampires, they know that vampires don't reflect in mirrors because mirrors used to be silver-backed. And the more modern tin mirrors, vampires reflect just fine harder to detect vampires in the modern age i would also say though in the movie it does point out it's not that they don't reflect they don't like their reflection so they're like vampires but they also don't suck blood and they can't turn into bats and they don't have to sleep in coffins they don't turn to dust in the sun they just don't they're just very tired yeah so basically what you're saying is this guy didn't watch the movie or like was probably critiquing the movie so much he missed it. Probably wasn't paying too close attention. He just heard the word vampires and figured he knew what it meant. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of stuff that goes with it. He's killing them with steaks. He's got the garlic. They don't like it. He's got the mirrors up. Well, it, make, it makes them physically sick. Yeah, it makes them physically so, repulsed. So I think it's a pretty good defense to throw out the mirrors. Because they can't really look at it to break it easily either. Yeah, the, the one... The vampire who does end up breaking a mirror has to come like at the side and he can't stare at it or anything. Like Yeah, he's just like even... reaching up and filling it. So yeah, that it's not so much of plot hole, just they weren't paying attention. Yeah. So then our last one is a uh, is labeled as continuity, but you know, it's unlike others where it's like, you know, windows out or doors open in this shot in the background, this one might be a bit more interesting to answer. Alright. So the first time Morgan goes searching for corpses to incinerate, he puts a man and a woman into the back of his station wagon head first. But when he arrives at the garbage dump, the woman is now lying feet first in the back of the car and has switched sides with the man. He's a bad driver. It's also been three years. I'm, Who's to say the roads haven't deteriorated? Yeah. It's not like these Italians are Romans, whereas Roman roads have lasted for 2,000 years. Modern roads only last... About three. I'd also like to point out that one of the things that our femme fatale points out is that some of the people that he decided to throw into that burning pit 
were still alive and still conscious, and perhaps made feeble attempts to try and get away whilst in the back of his car. So he's going off-road to get around all those parked cars, bumping over potholes, meeting the back, you know, the one half-conscious ones struggling. I think the moral of the story is, strap your vampire corpses down. Well, if this you, was also an age, too, where the cars were boats. Had horrible shocks. Well, they're just so roomy. Well, I mean, that was his entire criteria for car shopping. He was all like, oh, man, that Corvette, look, that convertible looks comfortable, but I can only throw one dead body in that back seat, and I need one that fits a family of five. <laughs> shopping for that car. While trying to not go through his midlife crisis. Yep. But yeah, those are all the plot holes that we have for this movie. Did you, any of you have any uh, thoughts from watching it that you thought, well, this doesn't make sense? Lots of things don't make sense in this movie. It's a B-horror movie. Oh, oh, wait, I have one for you guys. Why did he only grab smoke grenades out of the armory? And not one of the, like, say, shooty machine guns that were right there? Yeah. To help him hold the door as a choke point yep. against a larger fo- larger numbered foe. Yes. Well-armed contingency of opponents. Um, I'm going to say he hadn't studied his Leonidas. He was a scientist and had sworn never to shoot a gun at some... Oh, nope. He pulls that pistol on people. Oh, yeah. Um, he totally shoots a gun. He took an oath against using rifles as part of his credo as a scientist, uh, first rule, do no harm with machine guns, but throwing people into fire pits is okay. Well, they're, they're, they're just zombies. Dead. They're not people. Yeah. They're, they're corpses. Got to keep a child around as your control. They're vampires, you know, just throw them in the burning pit. Keep that burning pit going. Oh, it's like burning man then. Yeah. So Richards is that he took an oath against using, uh, Rifles? Oh, no, I have no idea. I suspect that probably he looked at them and went, these are prop guns for a movie. I should grab these these flashbangs. Maybe there, um, he, he could look and see that the rifles were there, but there, there wasn't any ammunition. It had already been looted. I mean, that armory wasn't very secure when he ran in there. And it's not like they're going to, like, for safety, they're not going to st- store the ammo with the guns, like. That's like gun storage 101. Except this was the 50s. They totally did that. So I'm thinking that there wasn't any ammo. I don't remember specifically seeing ammo stacks, boxes. They were the... uh, Magazines. Circular. They were the circular feed feed ones. And they did have clips attached. Okay. But I suspect that he probably just didn't know how to use them super well. Uh, He stayed home from the Great War, did he? Well, he fought in the war, though. I'm, or was it... I thought he fought in World War II. No, that was his neighbor, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he stayed home because... He was too old. Yeah, he was too old already. And so... So he married all the un, the unmarried ladies. Mm-hmm. Who were young. That's how he got his young wife. He was the only one on the market. And that's also why he doesn't know how to use a machine gun. And so he just went with the smoke grenades. Probably because his neighbor brought home, like... Brought home a grenade, and one time they went and threw it for fun. Yeah, showed him how it works. So now we know more about Vincent Price's character, Mr. Morgan, Doctor Morgan, Robert Morgan. All right, any 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 thoughts from you guys? Um, it's a funish B movie. I mean, don't take it too seriously. Obviously, 
It's in the public domain, so if you're listening to this, you could go watch it right now. In fact, we uh, created a kind of online watch group the other day, and we had at least one listener come in and listen and uh, watch the movie with us and make comments. And I thought that was pretty fun. What did you guys think? It was definitely fun. It's something we should be doing some more of. As a matter of fact, I found a great movie for us to watch while doing that exact thing. Nice. And so uh, we'll be posting details about that on Facebook to try and get more people to join in on the fun. Maybe more accurate times, though. We had a bit of a delay to start. But now that we know how long it's going to take, we can fix that. Um, As for the movie goes, it is the most accurate to the book. Only making slight changes. But it doesn't have nearly as many big explosions as the later, bigger budget films. Oh, no. Not at all. Of the three adaptations, John, which one is your favorite? Um, Okay, I haven't seen Omega Man, so I can't judge that one. Okay. I do enjoy I Am Legend more than Last Man on Earth. Is that because of the pacing issues of the... uh, of the story as a visual medium, as opposed to how they tell it in I Am Legend. Yeah, I think I Am Legend, because, you know, it's a visual medium. I Am Legend is more visual, and it plays more with some, creates some scenes that are more, uh, um, like, thrilling, for instance. Or the way the dog death is handled in movie, the both movies is very different. Because, I mean, you barely get to meet the dog in Last Man on Earth. I mean, it's got, what, five minutes to know the dog? Whereas in I Am Legend, that dog is there from the beginning, so you like the dog, and when the dog dies, it's more painful. Um, more dramatic. Remind me again how the dog died in Last Man on Earth. I literally turned my head, and he was burying the dog. Oh. So Vincent Price went and like was like, oh, dog, you're drooling on my hand. Looked at his hand, put the uh, dog drool under the microscope, saw the same bacteria... And then you just see him sigh and pick up a steak. And then we cut to him burying the dog. Yeah. You don't actually see him bury the dog itself either. He's it's burying a the dog-sized sack with, with a, steak. a steak through it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it was a fairly rushed uh, development. Yeah. But the uh, the biggest change they made in Last Man on Earth from the book um, has actually just been the same in every movie adaptation. Because in the book... Um, our main character is not a doctor or scientist. He's just a survivor or whatever. Yeah. He's just an average Joe. Um, the reason he survives is the same as in last man on earth is that he, uh, got bit by a vampire bat in Panama, got really sick and recovered. And so basically he, um, has a vaccination against vampirism because of that. I mean, he does go and research and tries to come up with a cure. So he becomes a doctor without a degree, but just by hitting the books but he doesn't start that way. Okay. And I thought the biggest change for this one was going to be that they changed his name. Uh, I don't remember his name, but his name's not really that important. But it wasn't Morgan. But you get that wonderful line from the movie. Morgan. There's Morgan. Get him. Get him. Morgan. So what are your thoughts, Richard? So it was entertaining to see Vincent Price as... I don't know. It felt kind of like this slightly clueless character. As much as he tries to be in charge, he's not doing super well. Cause he's like during all the flashbacks, he's totally against it being vampires. And then everything goes wrong and it's definitely vampires. 
And then he's just like, well, too late. I'm the only human left. Oh, well. It's also odd to see him in a uh, more contemporary setting. Yes. He's he's not in a castle. I think for the promotional materials, they had included a castle image. I mean, you kind of have to. Otherwise, who's going to go and see a Vincent Price movie? And it's also fun because on one level, he's playing against type. But as for the... Uh, the basic theme of the story, he's totally playing on type. I mean, according to all of the people that he is the legend to, he is definitely the scary guy in that castle on the hill. Yeah, he's the the outsider who comes through and stakes you in when you're trying to sleep during the day. Kidnaps your family and throws them in a burning pit. Pretty monstrous stuff. I think. I the- guess that's kind of the... Uh- Moral of the story that humans are monsters. No, the moral of the story is that Vincent Price is a monster. I thought the moral of the story was that we all had a little bit of Godzilla inside of us. No, I like that moral. <laughs> I like that one. That's We all have a little bit of Godzilla inside of us. But if you did not get to watch Last Man on Earth with us, you can find out about our future watch parties on Facebook at Plotspackle Podcast, where we'll let you know when we're doing our next film. And we'll include links and maybe instructions on how to watch with us. Or um, you can send us an email explaining what the deep um, deep purpose and message of Last Man on Earth is to uh, podcast at gmail.com. Also, in 280 characters or less, you can let us know on Twitter or follow us there and we will try our darndest to... Um, let you know when we are doing that watch party and because sometimes uh, people don't do facebook because it's run by an evil part an evil corporation so they'll go to another evil corporation but you know what who's not evil the patron subscribers no all those patron subscribers have been a great help actually because through their um, support we were able to overcome some technical limitations to record during these uh isolation times so we can be together without being together. Even when we're apart. Thanks to you. Thanks to you, our patrons. Shout out to you. And to you, whoever you are. The last man on Earth. We hope you're listening. Yeah, if you're the last man on Earth and everyone else is dead from some virus or zombie or mutated radioactive dinosaur, enjoy our podcast. We were thinking about you. So goodbye. And good night.